Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1. Never tell me the odds. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast. Welcome back to the Church Planner Podcast. I am Peyton Jones, and I have with me here an old friend uh, for a point of time, one of my bosses, although that didn't last long, which was cool, which meant that we stayed friends. And uh, someone I deeply respect as a leader, I actually, he doesn't have a book coming out, although he's published books, he's written amazing training, but I have him on here because I get his email newsletter and they're up to some pretty cool stuff. And I just, every once in a while as a church planner and as a trainer planner, I always want to share the people I think that are really cool out there that you ought to know about if you don't, and someone you should connect with. Uh, his name is Dahadi Lewis. He's the founding pastor of Blueprint Church in Atlanta. He's the president and founder of My Boulevard, and we're going to talk about that today. He was born in California, raised everywhere. That's what we determined before this call. And he went and did his undergrad studies at North Texas, got a master's degree at Dallas Theological Seminary, and doctorate of ministry in Great Commission Mobilization. Those are some of my favorite words when you put them together from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Dahadi Lewis of My Boulevard, welcome. Welcome. So my question is, is Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary the greatest words put together or Oh what, no! What, what's what's your, great, what's your greatest words? Put great commission mobilization. Woo! What a cool doc, yeah. like coolest doctorate ever, coolest PhD ever. Great commission. Like you just basically got a PhD in apostolic ministry. Amen. Because I was about to ask you just so tell me what I got a degree in. What is great commission <laughs> mobilization? Like you know, it, but yes, uh, it it is. And like I loved how you introduced. I am definitely from everywhere. Like I have you know Cali, Canada, New Orleans. My dad played pro football, and so we moved around. I used to ask my I used to ask my parents. I was like, are we running from the cops? Because I felt <laughs> like we were moving so much, and so I did feel that sense of 
like calm. And I basically introduced my wife. So I've been married for about 22 years. We just celebrated. Been married for 22 years and we've been in over 10 homes already. So I just kept the trend going. Yeah, you were being prepped for apostolic agility. That's exactly what God was doing in your life. You know, it's it's funny how that works out. Yes, it it really is. Because my wife and I married my wife who lived in the same home her whole life. So I I totally disrupted a whole bunch of things in her world. Wow. Well, you know, it's funny because I mentioned that you were briefly my boss at NAM. Um, I was there uh, for a few years, uh, not not very many, but towards the end, I was so bummed that you were coming in. I knew I couldn't keep traveling like I was for my family, but it was one of my greatest regrets was not getting to work under you because I knew Sam Dula, mutual friend. I knew the work that Boulevard was doing, and I was like, man, this was about to get really cool. And of course, you know, I think we overlapped just a couple months. We had a really cool retreat where I got to see you and, and meet some of your people. But man, you right now, since you finished NAM, uh, you've been really focused on the work with Boulevard. And I'm just seeing like all this rad stuff, like the website is amazing. The stuff you guys are putting on and addressing is unique, but you guys help provide community and resources to support leaders as they lead in uh, minority majority contexts. And yeah. I kind of want to talk about that for a minute. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing that because I've always thought that you left because of me. And, um, and so that was the reason why you left. So I appreciate you, you expressing that, that it wasn't because of me, but it oh, heck no, it was the things, opposite. So. I was like, man, I want to stay, but my, my family can't handle all this travel, but heck, <laughs> no, I totally get it. No, I, man, you've been a dear friend and appreciate, um, yeah, appreciate you and appreciate your ministry and your work in creating training resources for practitioners that like, you know, and that's really been my heart and my desire. And so, yeah, I mean, I was able, I worked with NAM basically as a contractor. I planted Blueprint Church in 2010. Hmm. Um, I started contracting at NAM in 2012. Um, we actually did not even plant SBC. We became SBC part of our connection with NAM. And most of my experience has, when the SBC has been with NAM. And so, did contract with them, contract work, did all of that, and then um, joined staff in 2015. And that was when, you know, our friend, mutual friend, um, Jeff Christopherson, basically, um, when he brought in and started the SIN Network, and not SIN Network, when he started, um, yeah, SIN Network. And so in, in there, then I'd be, then I, he brought me on staff. So I went from contract to staff. Um, and then when Jeff left, Jeff really was, he advocated for me to take his role. And so That's I awesome. became VP in 2018. I did that for four years. Loved my time with NAM. I, I loved and enjoyed all of my time there. Um, but like, I really just came down for me to a question because I, my mission statement, my internal mission statement was I want to be the last generation to leave the urban context for sound for sound discipleship. Hmm. I wanted to see a healthy gospel-centered, disciple-making, missionally engaged church in every urban community across North America. Hmm. And so that's what, I mean, that's since 2001. 
that God gave me that. Um, and wow. so that has been my North star in everything that I've done. The reason why I moved to Atlanta was because of that. And so I love that time at NAM, and that's what I was even still trying to do there, but it was around 20, around 2022 around my birthday time, which is in October. And, you know, I was about to turn, you know, when you, when you had to turn 45 and I was just like, all right, Lord, I'm starting to think and uh, like, and go through some stuff. And I just started reflecting and I was like, God, I love what I'm doing, but urban, because I'm over everything, urban mm-hmm. is only a part of what I do. Yeah. And so I basically asked the Lord is like, God, are you releasing me? Are you calling me to be Esther? where I can continue to maintain my position to leverage for more missions to the urban context, or are you releasing me to be more like Paul or, you know, Nehemiah so that I can kind of go in and focus and, and leave to rebuild the wall, rebuild yeah. like the missionary call, uh, calling to specific people. And, and I really feel like the Lord released me um, to do that. And Kevin is which is a good friend of mine and, and he was my boss and, said, hey, if you do this, we want to be a part and help. Mm-hmm. And so I basically took what we were doing in the, you know, Boulevard, which we started in within kind of NAM, took that and started our own nonprofit. Um, and so we called it My Boulevard. And it's really helping people to reject passivity and mm-hmm. to accept responsibility where they live, where they work and where they worship. Right. I just like our heart and our goal is, is that if what if Christians took responsibility locally to say, this is my boulevard? And then I really believe that as a body of Christ, we would impact globally. Love it. You know, and so that's really the heart. And so it's like, how do we help urban practitioners? How do we help people ministering in majority, minority, multi-ethnic spaces to make disciples where they live, work, and worship? That's awesome. I remember when that video came out, that was a hot video. I think you missed your calling. I remember you going, this is my boulevard. And then yes, boom, yes. it went to the, dude, that was a hot video. But uh, if you were to give a pitch of um, what uh, Boulevard is for, you know, planners listening out there, um, you know, kind of sell it for a second. Like, tell us a little bit about, like, someone comes into Boulevard, what do they get? Yeah. So, I mean, there's multiple different, like, gift offerings. But ultimately, if you were to break it down to three words, it's training, coaching, and consulting, right? Mm-hmm. So training, we deliver training in a couple of ways. One um, in the most kind of foundational or fundamental way is that we offer a thing called the city syllabus. And the city syllabus is what we're trying to create relevant and relational resources. Hmm. And we are it's sort of like if just think about like an urban right now media. Right. Yeah. And so we create a, a you know, a subscription base, you know, there's some free content, some subscriptions where you can go and you can get training. But the thing is, is that everybody that you hear, all the content are people who have met are and have ministered in majority minority spaces. And it's about discipleship and disciple making. And so that's the foundational level city syllabus. You're able to get that, go online and see that. The, but then after that, all of those resources, we have coaches and people that have been trained. And these are all practitioners, people who are currently doing it in the field, in the grind, doing it in context that we do. We have training for them. And so we do um, co- all the way from cohorts um, that we have. And so um, church planting cohorts. Those are five-month cohorts that we have where people come in. They'll Mm -hmm. either fly into a city or even in the spring, we're going to be offering it online. 
that you have these cohorts that's helping you basically um, develop and defend a disciple-making culture within your local church. Mm. You know, just part of the passion of tying both the Great Commission with God's primary vehicle, the local church, and bringing those worlds together. And so we have that, um, the cohort, and that's five, that's, you know, both the planner, uh, planting couples come in, we train for five months with other urban practitioners to making disciple-making culture, developing, defending disciple-making culture. So we have cohorts and we do other cohort-based stuff um, around that. So most of the stuff that we do on the um, city syllabus, we also do an in-person training-based cohorts. I love it. Right. But then we also have coaching. Coaching is for those people who we come alongside and we do coaching with urban practitioners, Mm. like by urban practitioners, that people who, again, who are in the field doing the work and we just come alongside them. And then finally is the consulting. Consulting is I and this is more so when we kind of go with organizations. Um, I, I come alongside organizations and I help with um specifically the recruitment, retention, and reproduction of people ministering in majority-minority spaces. Mm. I think oftentimes what we recognize is that America is becoming a majority-minority country. Um, But the thing is, is that the laborers are still few, right? And so we spend a lot of our time as you know, networks and leaders, we spend a lot of our time trying to recruit minorities or people that want to minister in majority minority spaces, but they don't last. So then we was like, how do we help retain them? Right. So the retention side. So we come alongside organizations with the retention of this. And then finally, the reproduction. How do we reproduce more leaders to go into the urban context? And so so that's so basically in a nutshell, training, coaching, consulting, but it ultimately it all stems back to making disciples in majority minority spaces. I love it. That's I mean, and that's huge. And I remember, um, man, there's there's a couple of things I want to say in response. I remember how relational Boulevard was. Yeah. Um, that you know, there's so many people, Dahadi, and you know this, right? Um, you and I have, have both made sausage and we, we've we've worked in the in the restaurant. We know that sometimes church planning can, with certain people, it can become like this, let's keep the machine going. So we need to have church plants to keep the machine going. Whereas I think you and I know we feel, you know, we feel the same at New Breed where it's like, no, we're here to serve you. Like, even if no money comes in for this thing, this is a need. Money does not dictate the mission that we're on, right? And Boulevard very much has that, like, I hear that passion coming out in you. And it's funny because you actually, along that line, you actually changed the way I thought. Um, I, I, both of your books, which uh, I, I don't think I mentioned, forgive me for that at the beginning, um, Raised by Wolves, uh, amazing book. And then the other one is Advocates. Both of those books, if you have not picked them up, be sure to go get those. They are well worth your read. They were both quoted in my book, Church Plantology. And in fact, on... Uh, the uh the among chapter wolves? was that, the chapter that was that are you talking about the book among wolves Cause yeah because obviously you know i'm a big fan and i've read the books and i did and i was shocked when i saw that you know you talked about vision from burden that, that was, was what i was just things. gonna say yeah. i open a quote the chapter with a quote from you because that was a paradigm shift that nobody was saying that to hottie mm-hmm. and and yet apostolically on the ground 
That is what it feels like. When you're planting for the right reasons, that's what you feel. And you probably, I'm guessing, have had people write to you and said, man, everything you said, that's that's what I've experienced. That's what I felt because it's this authentic, yes, this is the call of God. This is the mission. Like That's what I'm saying. I think you're one of those guys where it's all mission to you. And that's what I think Boulevard is. It's really strong. You know that that sense of burden and mission. Yeah, if you want to speak into that. And to your point, I mean, I think all done in a relational context because we know oftentimes that even Paul referenced it in Romans. He says, "Hey, I desire to come to be with you in Rome, but I've Mm -hmm. been hindered." And we recognize later in chapter fifteen the reason why he was hindered because he aimed to never preach the gospel on another man's foundation and. That tension between being missional and communal is so can be so lonely. Being apostolic and relational can sometimes feel like they're in contradictory with one another. And and so part of us is like, how do we create community for church planners? How do we create community for missionaries? How do we help to do that? And so that's why we we do we take a lot of a lot of emphasis and to bring about relationship because there is so much isolation, so much loneliness already for just being a believer in Jesus. But then, you know, when you talk about a believer in Jesus who is in the urban context in majority minority spaces who are planting in cities, it seems like oftentimes um, non-believers run to the cities to get away from Christians because we go to suburbia and rural areas, but like the cities is like so much more loneliness and, mm-hmm. you know, less people. And even the people who are doing the ministry in the city are not living in the city. Oftentimes they're living some like living and commuting in. And so there's this, this sense of loneliness and all of that. And so we said like, what does it look like for us to create both relevant, but also relational resources? And so in Boulevard, that's what we really take a lot of, make a lot of emphasis on, on that because it, it's needed. And while I believe we produce really, really good content, the re- creating the relational spaces is even has been more important to our people than the content that we yeah. any content that we've created. You know, it's funny you say that because I was I was in a think tank with a denomination um, last couple of days on multiplication and and they're good. Like they're a, they're a neat group of people. But um, I just mentioned, you know, like, hey, you know, it's kind of like veterans, right? Like these are God's commandos. You don't mess with them. You don't try to make money off of them. You pour into them. You support them. You, you know, you you value them. And I said, you know, church planners like this generation, Dahadi, they're starting to they're starting to kind of get that there are people out there that see them as a means to an end or want to use them. And, you know, I was just saying to him, like, what does it look like to just, you know, in a regional context in your area, just throw a bonfire one night, everybody sit around that bonfire and just talk and compare stories and share wounds and talk and you know, maybe somebody needs to have a good cry and say, man, I feel like quitting like Spurgeon once a fortnight, you know, and, uh, and that, like you said, and and you got that. I remember that was the thing back when we were doing the said network training and Boulevard was introduced. That was something that no one but Boulevard had. And I can see, like you're saying, it does come out of that loneliness. I planted it in an urban context and in, I mean, downtown, downtown Long Beach, right? Like right in the belly there. And it it was different, but you feel this camaraderie with people that have planted like that. When when 
you just know different stuff. You ex- you've experienced different. You, your problems are not their problems, you know. Yeah. It's and it's oftentimes unique. it's like this where you're not the expert, but you're also not alone, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to go into and trying to explain well my context, you know, and because a lot of times <laughs> when we get into larger networks or larger denominations, God bless it, there's not nothing wrong, but a lot of times you're the expert because you're the anomaly you know, who planted in city and like in some of these places and and it's sometimes that even is lonely, right? And so yeah. part of that is it's like, okay, how can we create spaces? I mean, Keller used to always talk about that. He says people who are planting in cities oftentimes can relate a lot better to other people planting in cities yes. than they can with even the people within their own state. Right. Yeah. And I mean like you can plant in New York and be a lot more connected to someone in Los Angeles then you can from New York to like, you know, just the suburbs of yeah. New York, you know? And so I think that there's so much more connection and connectivity is it's kind of like you just, it's a place where you can connect and be seen. And so, uh, yeah, I just think that that is, it's important. And so when the Lord gave me this, this burden, like uh, it, it was like, when we talk about a vision from burden, it's not something that it was just a good idea. It's something that has, haunted me it has caused me to recalibrate it has caused me like when i've drifted you know and that's really what i was trying to get out of the book is this like how like when i see in the book of matthew is this like there was a burden there was an apostolic burden it wasn't just a good idea it was just like it wasn't that hey church planning is the end thing or used to be the thing it's like no this is a, a, a God call that if I didn't do it, God may even take me out because I'm being so disobedient. Like if uh-huh. I didn't do it, I would feel unfulfilled. I don't care how much money I made, how much, you know, influence I had. Like if I didn't do it, like in that type of burden that comes, it's just like, that was it. And that's kind of how I felt. I felt this burden and that's what, and that, and that same burden is the, 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 the catalyst that called me back to this, to my boulevard. It's like, I want to give my last 30 years of ministry if the Lord tarries and I continue at when I'm pulling up and closing out on 80 and going in to those latter years, I want to spend these next 30 years of helping urban practitioners. Mm. And by the way, that's going to be North America. That is North America, like cities, you know? And so uh, is this, I just think that that is something that is needed and we need to help po- both provide resources and relationships to people who are called to this, you yes. know, to this work. And I know one of the things and, and you know, before we uh, kind of sign off, um, I know one of the things that's always been on your heart is you always felt, you know, that urban planners, they're in the thick of it and you had a real passion that we don't want to take people out of the urban context, those that are workers in the field, and then theologically train them. You know, but I remember you saying at the time, you know, the, there's a there's not as much of the theological, um, you know, opportunity for training or what have you in some of these contexts. Um, and and that was a real passion that you. I, I think that's one of the things that both you and you mentioned, Doctor Keller, have done is you've prioritized a robust theology in an urban context. Can you tell us a little bit more about why that's, uh, and, you know, not only why it's important, but why you're also not creating theology nerds at the same time? Yeah, well, I think part of it is, is that the, like one of my pastors used to always say, he says, never teach a person Bible 
without making them share their faith. And I think that that was so critical because if you teach a person Bible without having them share their faith, what you end up doing is you create um, like this beta bottom line is arrogance. Then you become arrogant because the thing is, is that nobody cares about how much Bible you know, except for other Christians. That's the only thing we impress one another with other Christians. But when I'm out sharing on the block, when I'm out being on mission, they don't care. It's like we are humbled. We are postured before God. It's like, God, unless you move, I don't care what I say, how I say it, unless you move, the labor labors in vain. And there's a different dependency that we have on God. And so the problem that I see oftentimes with North America kind of is captured in, I, I got a, a master's of cross-cultural ministry, which is basically a missions degree at Dallas Theological Seminary. I had to argue with Dallas in order to give me that degree because the first question that they asked me was, are you planning on going overseas? And I said, no, I don't plan on going overseas. That's just not my heart and my call right now in this season. I don't see that. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say that I am. He says, well, this degree is for missionaries. And I was just like, well, yeah, I am a missionary. Yeah. And it was just like, well, you're not going overseas. I was like, no, I'm called to missions in North America. I'm called to missions in my city. Mm-hmm. And I said, Here, the problem is, is that too many as too much as evangelicals, we treat what we do here as theologians, but we don't treat it as missionaries. We go overseas and we will do all types of things, learn languages, wear certain clothes, do all these types of things in order to become all become all things to all people so that we might save some. But in North America, we argue and we fight for people to be like us. And so what we do is, is assimilation over here and missions over there. We have a missiology over when we go overseas, but not over here. And this is the reason why evangelicals that are historical evangelicals are not like the mission field in cities is not because the people don't look like you talk like you act like you and we don't know what to do because we're still treating it like theologians and so the question becomes is how do we create both something a Mm. robust theology but capture it in a missiological framework right and that's really what our heartbeat comes and so part of what we're trying to do with boulevard is to unpack not an either or, but a both and, because oftentimes mm. we just either throw one or one or the other out the window, out the door. But it's no, like in a cold and dark world, and I love your analogy, like what does it look like to throw a bonfire? But in a cold and dark world, what we end up doing is that we either set up light posts or space heaters. Mm. A light post is good, but it answers the light problem, mm. the darkness problem, but we're still cold. The space heater is good it solves the 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 cold problem but we're still in the dark but what believers what we're supposed to be doing as both theological and missiological we got to start bonfires and bonfires answers the question of both light and warmth and i think that that's when we are going into these places in you know, as we move into this next season of dealing with so much trauma and so much hurt and so much baggage that we have to create environments that is bringing both light and warmth to mm. these to these realities. And I think that is where we got to be both theologically sound, but also missionally engaged. Wow, that's that's profound, man. Did you come up with that on the spot with the light in the in the space heater? Is that is that Dahadi classic Dahadi Lewis right there? 
That is the hottie, but I didn't come up with it on the spot. I've said that before. <laughs> I have said that before. That was amazing. Well, you know what, brother? Like over over the years, just listening to you talk, I always come away with you dropping some kind of gold that's like, wow, that's that's amazing. The question I have for you before we let you go, um, is are we talking like Dr. Lewis or Dr. Dahadi? Or but now that now that we're talking for real about, you know, PhD and you know, are we talking Dr. Apostle now or we just want to do you just keep it to hottie? Well, no, no. So what's interesting is that, you know, I'm a D-man and I, what I've learned in academia is that D-mans, people don't, the, the academic world, they, they look down on the D-mans of calling them doctor. But the, the thing is that I am actually um, right now considering and looking at a couple of seminaries and going back to get my PhD work. Because one of the things I found is that you cannot get a PhD in urban missiology in North America. Wow. That's like there is, they they don't even offer that. It's not even a thing. You cannot get a PhD right now in urban missiology. And I'm just like, we got to, we got to do something about that. And so that's crazy. We want to, yeah. So we want to, so I'm right now considering it. So um, starting next year, I may be in a PhD program. You heard it first here. Come um, on, I may be in a PhD program, trying to solve that so that we can think about where North America is in cities already and where it's going, and so we can start bringing some, um, you know, building on the foundation that has been laid for us. I want to see. I want to see you champion and pioneer that the PhD and urban studies and ministry i would be i would urban mission that would be amazeballs well guys my uh guest today has been dahadi lewis he is the author of advocates and also among wolves he is also the founder of my boulevard that's m-y-b-l-v-d.co definitely check that out um it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on here guys uh dahadi's one of the good guys he's definitely someone you want to learn from uh, I, I mean, I'll just say it right now. One of the coolest things about what you guys are doing is all the stuff you've got with show Baraka. I mean, you've got this cool thing on creativity. Like there's stuff you guys will find up my Boulevard that you will not find anywhere else born from that urban context with a passion for urban ministry. Check it out. It is unique. It's my pleasure and honor to share it with you. My Boulevard, M-Y-B-L-V-D dot C-O. You can find it in the show notes. Dahadi, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, appreciate you, man. Thank you. And look forward to co-laboring with you. All right. Sounds good. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us for the Church Planner Podcast. Uh, This has been Peyton Jones, and we'll see you next time.